11 years ago. My wife bought her first car. It was a red two-door Mini Cooper. It had racing stripes. And at the time, she was living in Washington, D.C. The size of the car made it easy to park in crowded streets. And also because of its size, it could start moving in an instant and brake just as quickly, which were crucial in that start-stop DC traffic. But despite its small size, it still had just enough room for groceries each week or supplies for a two-person road trip across the country. It was the perfect car for Amy. And I was very lucky to marry her and to be able to drive her car, too. Then, three years ago, my wife and I were expecting Walker. Amy was commuting to Washington for her job, and we knew that struggling to put a car seat into and out of a two-door Mini for daycare every day was not something that we wanted to do. And at first, I thought we could just get a second Mini Cooper, but this time, the Countryman model, which had four doors and was slightly bigger. But in Amy's wisdom, we decided on a larger car still, with room for a car seat, groceries, a stroller, a diaper bag, and even a pack-and-play if we ever needed to take a trip to see our family down south. And when we finally settled on our choice, we decided that we wanted to buy our first car together no later than six weeks before Walker's due date. We didn't want to be caught off guard. We didn't want Walker to be born into the world without his car seat already installed and waiting for him. We didn't want to take him home unless the baby clothes were already washed and organized the nursery ready, the house baby-proofed. We had a due date, but we didn't know when Walker would arrive. He could come at any moment, unexpected and expected at the same time. Jesus says to his followers that the Son of Man will return in glory. And we recite that promise every time we have communion, saying, Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. What does that mean to you? Jesus could come at any moment. By faith, we expect his return. But the moment of his return is unclear, uncertain, unexpected. So I had to ask. Are you still driving around in your old two-door Mini Coopers with barely enough room for groceries? Have you been putting off making room in your hearts for Christ's reign? Have you procrastinated, or worse, have you forgotten that now is the time that is given to you, now, today, to make room for something more something bigger, something that is coming into the world. I hope that you are not driving around in a worldview that is too small, too narrow, too unaccommodating to the God of us all. 
I hope you're not banking on having time tomorrow for what you can do today. Because sometimes life throws you a curveball, despite all your expectations, all your planning. You can have all the physical preparations ready for a baby months and months in advance, and then be dismayed to learn that the baby is unwell and needs to be delivered now, much too soon much earlier than you expected, earlier than would even have been viable just a few years ago. It doesn't matter how prepared you are for the practicalities of life, you will always find yourself unable to manage without the help of God, without the hope of God. For the past 10 days, I've been following the progress posts of a friend of mine from seminary. She was advised by her doctors to deliver her baby early, too early, at 23 weeks. The baby weighs just over a single pound, and she is fighting to live in an incubator in the NICU. This little one is beautiful to her parents, to her extended family, and to everyone supporting them. The baby's lungs are fragile. She's prone to infection, and each day is a gift. How do you celebrate Thanksgiving when your child is less than a week old and you still can't hold her in your arms? For what do you give thanks? To whom do you give thanks? The nurses at the NICU stamped the baby's footprint on a piece of paper, then turned it upside down and drew a little turkey beak on the heel and little turkey feet on the toes, and then they added feathers around it and gave the picture to the baby's mom, wishing her love from her little turkey on her first Thanksgiving. First Thanksgiving, first. And that's not a statement of fact. There's no knowing that this will not be the baby's only Thanksgiving. There's no certainty for my friend right now. The word first is a statement, not of fact, but of faith. It is a declaration of hope and resolve in the face of the realities of this world, the reality that life is precious, life is fragile, life is always precarious. The word first is a statement of hope. You will always find yourself unable to manage without the help of God, without the hope of God. It's no coincidence that my friend has chosen the middle name for her daughter to be Hope. It was an intentional reminder to her and her husband that the life before her was a life still filled with possibility, still filled with purpose, 
still filled with wonder and cause for gratitude, the life of the little one, even though it came too soon, even though it came too small, even though it came unable to breathe on its own, to open its eyes on its own, to nurse on its own. The life itself was a gift from God, a gift which can be a light to all who see. Can you see this little one with hope as her middle name, as a gift from God? Can you give thanks for her as her parents do? Can you see the unexpected changes in your life as cause not for despair, but for dependence on God and maybe even for thanksgiving as well? Can you find hope this day and every day, even in unexpected circumstances, even at an unexpected hour. I pray you can this Advent. Amen.